Welcome to the Essential Church Podcast. Our goal is to strengthen and equip church and ministry leaders just like you through practical and theological discussions about some of the most pressing and important issues facing the local church today. We feature conversations with members of our team here at New Life Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, as well as interviews with authors and thinkers from around the world. You can follow The Essential.Church on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Watch episodes on our YouTube channel and also subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and Spotify, where you'll find a full archive of previous conversations. And now, here is this week's episode of The Essential Church Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Essential Church Podcast, an ongoing conversation about some of the most important issues facing the local church today. I'm your host, Andrew Arndt, and today I'm going to take you to part two of our conversation that we began last week with Pastor Glenn Packiam on his new book, Resilient Pastor, Leading Your Church in a Rapidly Changing World. Uh, the book releases in February of 2022, so early next year. You can head to Amazon and grab your copy. Last week, we talked with him about some of the shifts that we're seeing in culture, uh, specifically specifically the breakdown between uh, Christianity and country, and what has filled that gap. In this conversation, we pick up where we left off and also explore some of the aftermath that we see and what really is demanded of the church in this cultural moment. We think you're going to be blessed by the conversation. Without further commentary from me, here's to the interview. It's very fascinating. I loved your section uh, on the new paganism here. And one of the things that you talk about is that paganism is about a sacred earth without a transcendent heaven. Mm -hmm. So the sense of transcendence is lost. It mm -hmm. really is all about acquiring what I need, which I think plays into that whole consumeristic trend that we talked about before. Mm -hmm. Is this Taylor's imminent frame? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the closing of the heavenlies. Mm -hmm. We're going to figure out how to organize a life down here that's meaningful with the resources that we have. Is that? Mm -hmm. that that's it. Mm -hmm. It makes the God question irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's why, you know, they're like, well, maybe it's true, maybe it's not true, but does it matter? Does it right? matter? Does it have any consequence for my decisions yeah. mm -hmm. on my family or whatever, unless it's going to make my business work better? Right. Or, you know, and I'm, for the people who do believe in a system, yeah. you're, you're some sort of pressure. Yeah. Oh, bless your heart. Superstitious. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I've got I've paid my bills. I'm healthy enough. I'm good unto myself. Yes. Mm -hmm. And anyone else who would try to superimpose a system or a way of being or throw open the heavenlies yeah. is is superstitious. Well, it presents a real challenge, doesn't it? Because if people are managing the practical needs of their lives in such a way that they're getting what they need mm -hmm. through the new paganism. The church's appeal to them is much more difficult. Yeah. Than, it is. Well, why I would you? I why would I belong to the church if I already have mental health? Mm -hmm. My family is working okay. Mm -hmm. My job is going good. We have science and medicine, so right. I'm okay. So what is it that you have to give me that me. I don't already have? And it's yeah. only going to cost That's me. That's the thing. The cost, if the if it's transactional, it's transactional in a way that always benefits my bottom line. Mm -hmm. yes. And therapeutic, it's benefiting yes. my overall my feeling, sense right. of feeling. Yeah. And yet the gospel well, comes in and says, okay, yeah. we're calling a community <laughs> yes. of people who yeah. take, up their, cross, take up their cross. Take up their cross. Sacrifice themselves for one another. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm out. Wait yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I want to be a part of a community that's going to require so something from me. I yeah, think this but, is why the good news is racing through the global south. Yeah. Right. And it's waning in right. the West. Yeah. Right. Because we're under the illusion that if we've paid our bills, we can then control. we have a yeah. rich yeah. life. Yes. Right. Right. But, but people who say, give us this day our daily bread, and they mean it literally. Right. Yep. 
find the church as good news yeah. because right. I have social capital, I have strength, I have other people yeah. who are willing to lay down their life for me, yeah. and I'll lay down my life for you, and we'll follow the one who laid down his life for the world. Yeah. Sign me up for that. So it's as you pay attention to where the church is in decline, it's usually in first world Western rich societies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I wonder, can I just say yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But I wonder if part of the reason it's in decline is that we've unwittingly played into it. Yes. Mm. So because we have positioned the gospel only as therapeutic, yes, once me. the yes. need is satisfied, mm -hmm. then the demand for the gospel goes oh, away. But yeah. maybe the gospel is about more than mm -hmm. just yes. the therapeutic. Yeah. And and being careful not to make it about the sort of ethereal or quote unquote spiritual or afterlife. Yeah. Right. Because I think there's two temptations. Yeah. One is to say, the gospel is about you having your best life now and making money and being prosperous and all this stuff. And they'll say, well, I don't need the church for that. I got <laughs> my therapist <laughs> for yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the other extreme is to say, well, no, what we really major in is forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Like, well, yes and. Yes. Know, I had coffee the other day with a guy who works in law enforcement, and he said, what we have to teach Christians is not to think of, I'm in law enforcement and I'm a Christian, but rather I'm a Christian who's, who's in, in law, law enforcement. enforcement. So yes. how can I show kindness? Live Christianly, right. yes, yes. whatever yeah. I'm doing. Yes, and that's the non-bracketing, the unbracketing of God, the un opening yeah. up of the canopy to say, how does Christ permeate yes. everything? Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the, the, Robert Jensen had a great line in one of his, I think it was in the first of his systematic theology books, where he said that the first deliverable of salvation is just the revelation of the name to people, mm. that they would know God. Mm. And maybe we need to remember that in yeah. this moment, that yeah. we're not first saying to people, you can get these needs met, but we are saying, you can know the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes all the difference in the world. Like there is one who was raised from the dead mm -hmm. and he is inviting you into friendship with him. Amen. Would you respond to that? You know? So I think that we, we certainly, because it goes back to the earlier part of the conversation, we certainly have to show how yes. Christianity is good and that it delivers on the great human sure. needs, but there's a how much more to the, the gospel, much more. To the gospel yes. that if we lose sight yeah. of that, we'll forget everything. Mm -hmm. We'll lose the whole yeah. game. Mm -hmm. Glenn, talk about the last sort of aspect of that then. So you've talked about this neo-pluralism, a neo-paganism, and then the last thing that you talk about in that is this surge in expressive individualism, yeah. which is another Taylor term. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, Taylor calls it expressive, expressive individualism. Before Taylor, there was a, a person named Philip Reef who talked about the sort of the psychological man or the therapeutic mm. person. Uh, basically, the idea is a, is a constructed self. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, you know, maybe just to boil it down, we could say it's three things. It's the exaltation of self as the source and goal of goodness. Yeah. Right. So anything goodness, it's in me. I've mm. got it. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the you go girl or yeah. you're, you're yeah. enough. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, so source is the self is the source, but it's also the goal. So my measure of what I'm going to do is if it results in a better self, a better mm -hmm, me. Right. Mm -hmm. So even my participation in church is, is this making me a better me? If right. so, then yeah, I'm in. If mm -hmm. not, then I'm out, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's that exaltation of self as the source and the goal. Mm -hmm. But then correspondingly, it's the exclusion yeah. of, of anything that threatens yeah. it. Yeah. So pop culture, Taylor Swift, you know, haters gonna hate, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> so anything that threatens my constructed self, mm -hmm. yeah. like, like if I say, I believe I'm a champion, and you tell me you're actually not that great on the basketball court. I'll have sin and I'll be like, no, I'm not, I don't need yeah, that yeah, negativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's toxic church or toxic. Right, right. And, and listen, there is such a thing as yeah, toxic church. There yeah, is yeah, such yeah, a right, thing. Of course. But the overuse of that 
to be applied to anything Everything. that threatens my self-esteem. Yeah. Ooh, now we got to be careful here. And then the third yeah. thing is an exclusively interior spirituality. Mm. Right. So you mentioned mm -hmm. meaning making. You're right. Meaning making doesn't go away. We're human beings. We got to make sense of the world. Mm -hmm. But the the the, the what um, Taylor uses. Uh, this is this is a uh, he, he used to say. He said. Um, people used to make or discover meaning in the world. Right. But now we we think our job is to construct meaning yeah. from the world. Yeah. yeah. And 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 today we construct that in on an individual basis. Yeah. yeah. Individually and internally. Totally. Yeah. So someone could say, well, that's your truth. This is my truth. What does that even mean? Well, what that means is I have made meaning of the world in this way, but you may not be making meaning of the world this yeah. way. And it sounds cute in the yeah. suburbs of America, right. but it does not work in the Taliban haunted yes. Afghanistan. No. That's a, we don't want the Taliban living their truth, quote unquote. No. You know? <laughs> no. There is a world. There is yeah. God made it. There yes. is a way. There yes. is a truth. There is a life. Yes. And if you cut against the grain of it, it not only destroys you, but it destroys other people. Mm -hmm. So fall in line mm -hmm. and yeah. it will be good news for Everybody. Yes. It strikes me that this is really, I don't know, I, as I'm thinking about, I just read your chapter yesterday, and I don't know that you make this connection, but it feels like this third thing is very much pulling against the first thing. Mm. So this individualism is pulling against the pluralism. Mm, so when you think about kind of the rosy-eyed optimism that a lot of people in our culture have around the idea of pluralism, we're all going to hold hands and kumbaya and get together. <laughs> and what, what this individualism does, that idea of the buffered self, is it actually makes anybody, yeah, yeah, it turns the back yeah, on the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here you have Christianity who has again, at its best moments, always said, actually, the only way that we really find ourselves and Goodness. find God yeah. is in the other, right? right? But here is this thing that's pulling against the pluralism. What do you make of that, Glenn? What do you think about that? I, I think you're right. I think, it, I think there is a push and pull. On the one hand, that individualism is what is comfortable with your own customized pluralism, yeah. right? You know? So if I am the maker of my own meaning, then I like this truth from my yogi and I like this truth yep. from my therapist and I like this truth from my pastor, yep. you know, and I follow them all on Instagram and I like all their quotes. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, yeah. This is real, yeah. right? So it's individualism that lends itself to that. But you're right. It's also as soon as your version of yeah. meaning threatens mine, yeah. well, I'm, cu I'm, I'm cutting you off. Yes, it's yeah. a chief contributor to the fragmentation of our world. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, man, I think uh, I think what what Christian spirituality has to do is there is an interiority to Christian spirituality, there is. Yes. but there's also what you said, community. Mm -hmm. How yeah. do we how do we fit together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is really difficult to do if you're thinking in all of those terms. Like mm -hmm. my primary lens is the flourishing of my own self-defined, self-constructed yes. self. Yeah. yeah. And community is going to run against that at yeah. some point in time. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. there. Community is going to require some sacrifice yes. mm -hmm. yes. of time, yes. mm -hmm. of convenience, of something mm -hmm. uh, in order for it to be sustained. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to continue to run into problems with every friendship yeah. mm -hmm. if everything is solely about the self-constructed, self-defined, and right. self-protected you know, sort of aspect of life. You're only going to look at, okay, where can I get something from something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How can something make me feel better? Yeah. And then I'll just keep picking and choosing mm -hmm. from all of these things mm -hmm. and, and, for that reality. And maybe this is a bit too too fresh, but I think one of the reasons there's disagreement about even the abortion law kind of stuff is if you fundamentally think that it's myself and I get to decide, yeah. then that then the logic of my body, my choice starts yeah. to make sense. 
But if you say, actually, I'm always being asked to give up myself for the yeah. sake of someone else, yeah. and this thing in my womb is another self, yeah. then the, the, the hermeneutic of love mm. makes us interpret that situation completely differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about what is meaningful or safe or good for me, but what is good for someone else? Mm. You know? So it's, it's really impossible to talk about love if we continue to begin with the premise of self is the source and goal of goodness in this world. I mean, the, the Christian story is the Trinitarian God, yeah. the, the yeah. ground yeah. of everything. When yeah. we say God is love, we can only mean that yeah. because inside of God himself, there is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a communion of difference, a yes. plurality inside yes. the Godhead. That, yes. that to me is as robust a vision of human flourishing. Yes as you could ever summon, you yes. know, this is what reality looks like. This yes. is the grain of the universe, yes. God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, the shift is the breakdown between God and country, mm -hmm. the sort of the breaking apart of Christendom. Mm. The surge is the new pluralism, paganism, and individualism. Can we just talk about <laughs> the aftermath? <laughs> where, where are we now and <sighs> yeah. how do we move forward meaningfully into it? The mess, the aftermath is is messy. Yeah. Um, I love this line from the British writer Julian Barnes in his uh, memoir, uh, "Nothing to Be Frightened Of." He, he starts out by saying, "I don't believe in God, but I miss Him." Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that's describes so many people. Like mm. uh, even the 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 dyed in the wool atheists, you know, the the new atheist writers would say. Yeah, Christianity did give us the best moral framework for human rights, but we've got to come up with our own framework now, you know, right. that sort of thing. And the, this is, of course, the, the experiment that's been going on since Nietzsche. But I, I just don't know that the West is truly willing to move on. But you see this in like this... This dip in, in weekly church attendance. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a there's a there's a chart in the book where, you know, from from 1993 to 2020, you know, U.S. adults it goes mm -hmm. from just under 50 percent weekly attendance to something like 29 percent, you mm -hmm. know, weekly church attendance. So it is it's dropping, and that's weekly. So granted, you know, but then there's also this generational dip where yep. uh, millennials, Gen Xers, Boomers, elders, uh, the generation above the Boomers. And they're all trending in different yeah. uh, percentage points, but all in the same shape, same mm -hmm. direction, in the same direction. And so it's difficult because people will be like, well, I still kind of go to church because grandma wants me to. That's the... That's Christmas and Easter. Christmas yeah. and Easter and okay, maybe... But then, you know, I mean, think of a show like Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. It's curious to me how <laughs> Ted Lasso is trying to deal with virtues with explicitly not using religion. Yeah. Right. Christmas is Santa's birthday. Yes. Um, they, 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 they mock yeah. any other kind of mention of Christianity mm. and specifically try to sub it out, mm. you know. Mm. But like you're keeping Christmas, but <laughs> you're, mm -hmm. you're subbing it. And, and, and you know, someone pointed out that like the, the Christmas episode of Ted Lasso has like gift giving. There's a banquet for strangers. I mean, it's all stories from the Gospel of Luke. Right. Sans Jesus. Right, right, right. You know? And your question that you ask is that uh, can the fruit yeah. of the Christian story yeah. be sustained apart from the root of the Christian story, which I think is a really great way of putting it. Mm. It's a great mm. way of putting it. I'm curious, Glenn, you know, when I'm thinking about this, I have a lot of questions about the aftermath, you know, and like what the church is supposed <laughs> right. to do. About it, and on the one hand, um, I personally have been really influenced by Stanley Hauerwas and other thinkers yeah, like that who have yeah. said that the first task of the church is to be the church. Is to be the church. <laughs> yeah. And so I have this impulse yeah. in my heart to be like, well, what the church needs to do is just keep its doors open, mm. just keep worshiping, keep cultivating a rich common life, keep telling the story, and mm. all of that. And I think that there's something right about that. But 
Jesus is the one that goes after the lost sheep until he finds them. Mm -hmm. He goes out yeah. to culture. He just doesn't stay there and expect yeah. culture to like come to him, if I can put it that way. Yeah. So I'm wondering just in your own reflections, I know that you've, you spent a whole book talking about this, but in your own reflections, what does it look like for the church to meet the culture, yeah, where the culture is at? I, you know, so the last chapter of the book, I come back to sort of this landscape and the last chapter of the book is called The Presence and the Power. And I am convinced that the, it sounds counterintuitive because it seems like if we're dealing with this quote-unquote post-Christendom secular age, mm -hmm. then we should meet them on their level and just talk to them about how they can have <laughs> better, you know, raise better kids and blah, blah, blah. And that, that, that's fine. We can do that, but we must never give up on the one thing that we have to offer that no one else does, and that is the presence and the power of God. <laughs> yeah. And so in the last chapter, I talk about, uh, for preachers, we've got to tell the whole story of God. Mm. So yeah, we can talk about why it's important to do your business this way, conduct your business this way, and all this stuff. But let's, like you said, you're grounding this in the Trinity, or you're grounding this in the cross, and you're talking about the cost of church. Like, let's keep telling the whole story of yeah. God with a good beginning and a glorious ending so that people understand we're not just giving practical tips, we're yeah. putting it within a frame. It's an alternate meaning-making story. Mm -hmm. And when you come to church, I'm not going to assume that you're listening to the sermon and you have the same meta-narrative in mind, mm. because odds are you, you don't. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to try to find ways to remind you of that meta-narrative every mm -hmm. time you come to church. But but the second thing is is really to make room for the power yep. of God. Yeah. I mean, you guys, uh, we're preaching on Galatians. Paul says is one of the signs that they're that these Gentiles are already in is he's like the Spirit's doing miracles, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are the ways of puncturing that canopy. Mm -hmm. So if if this yeah. post Christendom world has built a canopy over the world and says we don't know, we don't need God, then the puncturing of it is when we say actually. We think we can pray for you and you might get healed. Or, yeah. or we think we can pray for your marriage and you might see it restored. Yeah. We right. think God is actually on the work here. And, and it's, it's a little bit absurd, you know, and I, in the book, I use this example and maybe it'll end up being controversial. I don't know. But uh, for a person who wants the vaccine, imagine if you were to go to a vaccine clinic and they were to say, oh, have you tried our lattes? And you're like, no, I'm here for Pfizer. And you're like, no, but we got a jazz band over here and we got some leather couches. And you're like, I'm really just here for the jab. Do you know? the one thing yeah, you do. Exactly. Mm. Church. And, and, and I, mm. of course, churches need to be hospitable. Don't take the one-to-one -one yeah, corollary sure, here and sure. say we shouldn't have cafes. Do all of that to be hospitable. Yeah. But there is one, they didn't come here for the coffee. Yeah. They didn't come here for the good tips and, yeah. the, and the life hacks. They came here for the presence and power of God. And that's the one thing we're carrying. 